Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Shocking. Sad. Revealing and deeply researched. PH Murder Stories podcast covers the true account of infamous killings and true crime stories from the Philippines. There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Viewer discretion is advised. No secret can remain hidden forever. This specifically applies to government officials involved in criminal activities. Hypothetically speaking, What if a prominent publicist had his hands on a secret about a massive scandal that would contribute to jeopardizing a well-known chief executive's career? How far would you think the chief executive's loyal allies could keep the publicist from exposing them to the public? On November 22, 2000, Salvador Bubi Dacer, a prominent publicist to politicians, met with then-president Joseph Estrada was in the midst of an impeachment trial. The meeting was said to be about patching things up. In context, Dacer was a former PR man of Estrada. But as soon as he left his post, he began criticizing the Estrada administration for alleged corruption. Two days after meeting Estrada, Dacer and his driver, Emmanuel Corbito, were abducted at an intersection in Makati City. 
months later, their bodies were found in a creek in Indang Cavite. As the entire nation discovered the horrific nature of their deaths, known today as the infamous Dacer Corbito double murder case. You are listening to the PH Murder Stories podcast, and this is the 16th episode of Season 3. We also invite you to follow us on Instagram and join our IG channel to participate in our polls and get our show's latest updates and announcements. Salvador Bubi Dacer was a prominent Filipino public figure who was an accomplished public relations practitioner. His driver, Emmanuel Corbito, had worked for Dacer for several years. Dacer's expertise acquainted him with many influential people in Philippine society, including politicians, law enforcement personalities, and corporations. His PR career would reach its peak under the administration of former President Fidel V. Ramos. Bubi Dacer, who was 63 years old at the time of his disappearance, was no stranger to controversy. Despite close ties with former President Ramos, Dacer still went on to work for a year under the Estrada administration. According to Dacer's daughter, Sabina, Estrada and Dacer had known each other since their younger years, even before Estrada became mayor of San Juan. Estrada is also a wedding sponsor to Dacer's youngest daughter, Ampi Dacer Henson. After his short stint with the Estrada administration, which resulted in a fallout between Dacer and Estrada's allies, Dacer began criticizing Estrada for alleged corruption. Dacer was also accused of lobbying for the impeachment of Estrada at the time, which seemed to have earned the ire of the latter. According to an ABS-CBN article in 2009 featuring some of Dacer's written letters, Estrada and his men felt betrayed. Dacer claims that the Estrada administration accused him of working with former National Security Advisor Jose Almonte and former President Fidel Ramos to destabilize the government. Though a common friend, former Caloocan City Congressman Luis Baby Asisto, whose nephew is married to Dacer's youngest daughter, Ampi, tried to reconnect Dacer and Estrada to patch things up. Though Dacer was reluctant to meet, but was heavily insisted by Asisto, as claimed by Dacer's daughters. Two days later, as recalled by witnesses, Dacer and his driver, Emmanuel Corbito, were abducted at the intersection of South Superhighway and Zobel Rojas Street at the city boundary of Makati and Manila at noon. According to sources, Dacer was on the way to his office at the Manila Hotel for his appointment with former President Fidel V. Ramos. Dacer left his Paranaque residence with his driver on a white Toyota Revo with license plate WES-294 at 9am and was last in touch with his secretary at 10.15am. 
As soon as the public knew about the abduction of Daser and his driver, news broke out like wildfire, with plenty of people assuming Estrada was behind it all. On November 28, 2000, two days after Daser and Corbito's abduction, then-President Joseph Estrada addressed and confirmed to the media that he met with Daser on November 22, claiming that he only had a friendly visit and meeting with him. Estrada also denied the accusations that he was behind Desaire's disappearance. Instead, he requested then-Philippine National Police Chief Panfilo Lacson to exert all efforts in finding Desaire, which became more complicated than it was. In addition, former Caloocan City Congressman Luis Asistio, who was responsible for putting the meeting together, told reporters that he requested Desaire to provide assistance to save Estrada's image amid the impeachment trial, to which the Serre made no commitment. On the other hand, an article from Philstar reported that Palace insiders saw the Serre carrying a huge bag when he left the Malacanang premises, though it was not revealed what the bag contained. Since the disappearance of the Serre and his driver, Authorities have yet to uncover leads that could help them identify the kidnappers or even determine if the two are still alive. About a week after the abduction, Daser's Toyota Revo was found on a hill in Maragondon, Cavite. There were no traces of Daser's personal belongings in the abandoned car, including his cell phone and two leather attaché cases where he kept confidential files. Speaking of files, according to Sabina Daser, Office papers from his father's office filled up four vans as it was transferred to his house after his disappearance. The media obtained some of Daser's letters to his close friend, former National Security Advisor Jose Almonte, that might have indicated the people behind his disappearance. Daser's letters that Almonte showed to the media which pointed out several high-ranking officials from the Estrada administration caused a rift between Daser and the former president leading to his abrupt departure as PR man of the Estrada administration. In addition, several sources, including former Justice Secretary Raul Gonzalez, claimed that the infamous 1999 BW Resources Corporation stock manipulation and price-fixing scandal may have been the reason behind the Sarah's demise. According to Gonzalez, when the BW price-fixing scam broke out, the firm hired Daser as its PR man to contain the damage and fix the firm's image. Therefore, Daser would have been in possession of very important documents on the BW scandal that could prove Estrada's participation. It took almost four months for the case to gain significant updates. The government at the time was transitioning to a Gloria Macapagal Arroyo-led presidency after Estrada's ouster in January 2001, which might have been one of the reasons why the investigation on the Desaire Corbito case seemed so sluggish. But as expected, new governments that come right after revolutions are bound to clean house, unraveling sinister acts from their previous administration. They uncovered the notorious Presidential Anti-Organized Crime Task Force, led by Director General Panfilo Lacson, under the Estrada administration. In the course of the Deser Corbito murder investigation, the authorities have identified more than a dozen suspects, 
composed of agents from the Presidential Anti-Organized Crime Task Force, civilian agents, and rogue officers from the Philippine National Police. The case caught a major break after the National Bureau of Investigation arrested Alex Deloy and Jimmy Lopez, two farmers from Indangcavite, who they also suspected of having been moonlighting in murder-for-hire schemes. Both men admitted to killing Bubi Dacer and his driver, Emmanuel Corbito. They also pinpointed 12 others, including the Presidential Anti-Organized Crime Task Force Visayas Chief, Teofilo Vigna, tagging him as the mastermind. Based on Alex Deloy's affidavit, he was paid 1,000 pesos by his bosses right after the killings on November 24, 2000 and received another 500 pesos on Christmas Day. Meanwhile, the other apprehended suspect, Jimmy Lopez, did not mention in his affidavit that he received money, nor if any of the other accomplices got paid for the murders. But he did corroborate Deloy's list of names involved in the horrific crime. Later on, Vigna, the alleged mastermind, implicated Senior Superintendent Glenn Dumlao, as well as pinpointing seven other suspects. Afterward, Dumlao pinpointed Lakson, claiming that the former PNP chief asked his loyal underlings, senior superintendents Michael Riaquino and Cesar Mancao, to carry out surveillance operations since 1999 and eventually asked them to murder Dacer in 2001. Alex Diloy and Jimmy Lopez provided detailed testimonies of what happened to Bubi Dacer and Emmanuel Carbito. According to both suspects, six presidential anti-organized crime task force agents brought both victims, bound and gagged, to a garage owned by Jimmy's brother, William. Afterward, Jimmy admitted that he gathered wood and discarded car tires as they planned to burn the victims at Barangay Bonalejos 1 in Indang, Cavite, an area known for similar killings. As soon as the victims were brought to the site at around 8 p.m., William Lopez strangled the ser with a length of wire, while another suspect, Digo de Pedro, strangled Corbito and later doused the lifeless bodies with petrol and set them afire. The suspects, including the agents that brought both victims to the site, stood by to watch and ensure that both victims' bodies were fully burnt. The investigators confirmed the stories of Alex Deloy and Jimmy Lopez as both suspects guided NBI operatives to the crime scene, where they found charred bones and teeth, which were subsequently turned over to NBI forensic experts for identification. On April 2001, forensic experts from the University of the Philippines identified the charred remains of Bubi Dacer and Emmanuel Corbito from their bones and teeth fragments. After months of trying to figure out the mystery behind Dacer's abduction, the nation's worst nightmare at the time turned into reality. But a major question still remains. Who could have been the mastermind of this sinister act? This case had its fair share of theories, but most of the investigation revolved around high-ranking officials during the Estrada administration, particularly those involved in the notorious Presidential Anti-Organized Crime Task Force. Those who were implicated in orchestrating the Deser Corbito double murder were former President Joseph Estrada, former PNP Chief Director General Panfilo Lacson, 
and his underlings, Senior Superintendents Michael Ray Aquino and Cesar Mangkao, Visayas Chief Teofilo Vina, and Senior Superintendent Glenn Dumlao. During the height of the investigation, Aquino, Mangkao, and Dumlao became fugitives. All three went to the United States, but eventually, the Philippine government caught them in the coming years. Dumlao was the first one to stir the pot. He already implicated his cohorts in 2001, but managed to flee the country. But in 2008, after he and Mangkao got caught in the United States, he went back to the Philippines and turned state witness, admitting that he was the project officer of the Deser Corbito double murder, and claimed that someone from Malacanang ordered Michael Ray Aquino to kidnap Deser and recover important documents that were in the victim's possession. The missing documents were supposed to be released during the impeachment trial of Estrada, which appears to be related to the 1999 BW stock manipulation scandal. Furthermore, Dumlao also claims that his former boss, Panfilo Lacson, had personal knowledge of the Deser Corbito double murder. It led the DOJ at the time to charge Lacson with two counts of murder but he was able to leave the country before the prosecutors could bring the charges against him. In a shocking turn of events, Dumlao took a 180-degree turn. Dumlao claims that the DOJ prosecutors under the Gloria Macapagal Arroyo administration were forcing him to pin the blame on Lacson, which he later ended up defending. Dumlao's change of heart led the Court of Appeals to throw out the charges against Lacson clearing his name in the process. When reporters asked Lacson how he evaded arrest, Lacson asserted that the Supreme Court decision in 2006 allowed individuals with outstanding warrants of arrest to continue with their legal proceedings despite not being in the physical custody of the court. Mr. Senator, let's talk about when you fled the country because of uh, the Deser Corbito case. Ang sabi niyo po, noong po ako ay umalis, wala po akong, wala pa akong warrant of arrest, wala akong denialate kasi wala akong hold departure order. Senator, it was perfectly legal. But was it right? Yeah, it was legal. It, it was right because that's the option that I uh, took. Ano? Because nagkataon lang, magaling yung aking lawyer, at nagkataon lang, swerte ko, siya yung lawyer ng bagong jurisprudence. Because I, I did not even know that. Ano? Because before that, ang alam kong jurisprudence, pag naisyon ka ng warrant of arrest, kailan magpasailalim ka ng uh, physical custody ng mga, say, BJMP or PNP. Magpasailalim ka ng legal custody ng court. But it, it changed already. Nagkaroon ng bagong jurisprudence. I think it's Tulyao case, ano? Nakusan, even if the accused uh, becomes scarce, pwede mag-file ng mga pleadings, pwede umandar yung kaso. Masama ba if I took that option? Kesa naman sa, you know, makita kong ngingiti-ngiti yung mga nagpe-persecute sa akin dahil nakitang nandun ako sa likod ng rehas na bakal. Needless to say, Lacson had already claimed his innocence and maintained that he was being attacked by his enemies from the Arroyo administration. On the other hand, Michael Ray Aquino, who many considered him as Lacson's top aide and one of the masterminds of the Dacer Corbito double murder, was arrested in the United States for espionage. 
Aquino pleaded guilty in 2006 to illegally accepting classified U.S. secret documents as a part of a plot to overthrow former President Gloria Macapagal-Arroyo's administration and was sentenced to a 76-month prison term, later reduced to time served. In 2011, Aquino was extradited to the Philippines and pleaded not guilty to the double murder charges. Later on, the court ordered the NBI to release Aquino for lack of evidence. Unlike Dumlao, Aquino stood his ground and maintained his innocence throughout the legal proceedings. Meanwhile, Cesar Mancao's affidavit in 2009 was similar to Glenn Dumlao's testimony. According to Mancao, Lakson had masterminded the killings. He also said that about a month before the murders, he heard Lakson tell Michael Rey Aquino to have Dasser killed. However, around the same time Lakson's charges were thrown out in 2011, the Court of Appeals ruled that Mangkau was an unreliable witness, citing inconsistencies and contradictions in his affidavits. By January 2012, Mangkau was removed from the Witness Protection Program and was turned over to the National Bureau of Investigation after the Supreme Court affirmed the Court of Appeals ruling, declaring him unfit to serve as a state witness. The NBI planned to move Mangkau to Manila City Jail, but he managed to escape from the NBI's custody before they could transfer him. Mangkau escaped at around 1.40 a.m. on May 2, 2013, and was captured in CCTV footage and the NBI, which also showed two unnamed NBI agents helping him. He also left a note in his cell, asking the NBI not to remove his things from the room without an inventory and saying that he is a victim of injustice. Then DOJ Secretary Laila de Lima told reporters at the time of Mangkau's escape that she was in contact with Mangkau and asked him to surrender within the day. But Mangkau replied that he would rather live as a fugitive than risk getting killed in jail. Ten hours after what appeared to be an effortless escape, Mangkau granted phone interviews to TV shows. Mangkau claimed that he escaped because he feared that then-Senator Panfilo Lacson was plotting revenge against him and that he was being improperly treated by the DOJ. Reporters promptly sought Lacson's comment regarding Mancao's escape, to which he responded via text message, quote, That's his and his custodian's problem right now. Aside from that, I would defer any further comment, unquote. Four years since Mancao's escape, a manhunt operation has been started, and he has been under the NBI's radar ever since. But being a former police officer, Mangkaw was proven to be both evasive and arrogant. Days after his escape, Mangkaw took pictures of himself in front of the main offices of the DOJ and NBI, seemingly to taunt the government. Though the Lima at the time claimed that Mangkaw only photoshopped his photos, Mangkaw responded and claimed that the photos were true and that he did it to inform the public that he was not leaving the country. In 2015, Mangkao did a 180-degree turn similar to his former colleague Glenn Dumlao. Mangkao, through a radio interview with DZMM, retracted his previous claims that Lacson and Estrada were the masterminds behind the Dacer Corbito murders and claimed that he had no choice but to follow the orders of the Arroyo and Aquino administrations to pin the blame on his former bosses. 
Mangkaw also apologized to Lacson and Estrada for tarnishing their reputation. Ay talaga pong umiyak ko ng apology kay Senator Lacson sa nagawa ko po pagsira, pagmalain ng kanyang pangalan, reputasyon, ambisyon, yung kanyang hihirap nung siya pinagtago. Una nang idinawit ni Mangkaw si Senator Panfilo Lacson bilang mastermind sa Dacer Corbito murder case. Ngayon, inamin niya kung bakit niya nagawa ito. Dahil po sa takot at banta na aking buhay noon, ako po ay sumunod sa kailang kagustuhan na madawit po yung mga political opposition na balakid at uh, kritikalo sa administrasyon ng eh, dating Pumingi uh, rin ang sorry si Mangkaw kay dating Pangulong Erap Estrada na naidawit din niya sa murder case. Gayun din kay Justice Secretary Leila De Lima dahil sa pagtakas niya sa NBI at sa hindi pagsunod sa apila ni De Lima na siya ay sumuko na. Akusado si Mangkaw sa Dacer Corbito murder case at ililitat na sana sa Manila City Jail nang tumakas mula sa detention center ng NBI dahil sa takot sa kanyang buhay. Sana po maintindihan din ni Secretary at ako po humingi ng pamanhing patawad at pangunawa. In 2017, Mangkaw finally surrendered to the authorities and somehow got his charges dropped. In 2019, tried to run for Congress as a party-less representative but lost. During the midterm elections, he expressed his support for then-President Rodrigo Duterte. A year later, Mangkaw was appointed by the Duterte administration as an executive director of the DICT's Cybercrime Investigation and Coordination Center. Bubida Ser and Emmanuel Corbito weren't the only people killed in the course of this case. In January 2003, Teofilo Vina, a former chief of the notorious presidential anti-organized crime task force for Visayas, and was initially the alleged mastermind of the double murder was shot dead inside a counselor's house in Tanza, Cavite, after engaging in a fight with four other people during a drinking session. Though it appears that this case wasn't related to the ongoing Dacer Corbito case at the time. In September 2009, Jimmy Lopez, one of the first two suspects who admitted to the Dacer Corbito murders and implicating several other suspects, including naming Vina as the mastermind, was shot dead and killed together with his female companion by unknown assailants at his residence in Cavite. At the time, Lopez was expected to appear before the DOJ to reaffirm his testimony. So far, there are no updates on this case. In September 2010, the Serra's daughters filed with the U.S. District Court in San Francisco a $50 million civil suit against former President Joseph Estrada, former PNP Chief Panfilo Lacson, former PAGCOR President Reynaldo Tenorio, businessman Dante Tan, and former police officers Michael Riaquino, Glenn Dumlao, and Vicente Arnaldo for compensatory and punitive damages for their father's cruel, inhumane, degrading treatment, torture, and extrajudicial killing. The Cerro's daughters believe that their father was killed because he can prove the alleged connection between Estrada, Pagcor, and the best world gaming and entertainment corporation's insider stock trading scandal. Subsequently, 
the U.S. court ordered defendant Michael Reyaquino to pay $4.2 million in punitive damages to Dacer's daughters. According to the court, on November 24, 2000, there is evidence through text messages that Aquino instructed his men to abduct, torture, and kill Dacer. Based on these findings, the Philippine Department of Justice recommended Aquino's indictment for the double murder of Dacer and Corbito, as a testimony claimed that he was obviously stage managing the entire operation by cellular phone. In May 2013, former DOJ Secretary Laila de Lima cleared former President Joseph Estrada's name in the double murder. According to de Lima, the NBI had looked into the alleged involvement of the former chief executive, but the investigation was futile because no evidence was found that would warrant a preliminary investigation against Estrada. Despite numerous setbacks into the Ser Corbito double murder case, the latest update came through in January 2023 when a suspect named William Reed, who was initially part of the first group of people that was charged for the murders of Dacer and Corbito in 2001, was finally arrested in Bulacan. So far, there is no major news yet regarding this horrific case. It appears that someone or a group of sinister men belonging to the upper echelon of government officials during the Estrada administration truly wanted to silence Desert to save face. But knowing what happened to Bubi Desert and Emmanuel Corbito isn't enough to close the double murder case. Getting to know the real mastermind is just as challenging, which, unfortunately, in this case, we may never know. The Desert Corbito double murder case has been mired in controversy and allegations of political involvement cover-ups, and conspiracies. While several suspects have been arrested and charged, the case remains unsolved, leaving more questions than answers. Thank you for listening to PH Murder Stories. If you like this episode, give us a 5-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also support our show on Patreon. Any amount you donate would benefit our team to keep doing what we love, which is to provide more true crime episodes for our listeners. Link in the description. For further updates from our show, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at PH Murder Stories and subscribe to our YouTube channel at PH Murder Stories The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.